0: JB and
1: Jules for breakfast, only on Triple M. Hit subscribe now. Jules, the last couple of days, it's it's too much info, but, you know, I feel like a lot of other people might be going through the same thing. What are you talking about? I've been going to the toilet a lot. Just.
2: (laughs) All right. um, Caring is caring, I suppose. Now we've told all the Bundaberg.
1: It's just number ones. Just Good. Needed. And I, I noticed it <laughs> the day before and I thought, I don't know, maybe I've just drunk more water. Maybe it's just a bit, I don't know what that, the situation is. That sound
2: effect is making me want to go to uh, the toilet yeah, more now.
1: I've just needed to go to the toilet. And I thought I was just a bit of a weirdo, but I was talking to someone else and they went, you know what, me too. I've been in the same situation. Have you? Have you noticed that you've needed to go to the toilet at all?
2: I guess so. I haven't really been monitoring how often I'm going.
1: Yes, well, um, by all means, if you have concerns about needing to go too often, see your GP. But there is actually a phenomenon that could be related to the weather that's been here in Bundy the last couple of days. It's called cold diuresis. <laughs> so what this means is that cold weather actually makes you need to the go to the toilet more frequently as like and and more intensely uh, a shocking bout of cold weather so where it comes out of nowhere which is what we've faced the last few no, days right?
2: surely this is just you're having more hot drinks maybe you're having a cup of tea and you just need to go because you're consuming more liquid
1: according to dr. Google <laughs> when you're cold, Your body prepares to stave off hypothermia by constricting your blood vessels and preventing blood flow to your skin and extremities. This can cause shrinkage in the bladder and make you need to urinate more often. No, you're kidding. No, this is Dr. Google. This is science. Facts, science. So if you have been going to the toilet more often the last couple of days, Mm -hmm. there might be a very good reason why. If you are concerned, definitely don't take Dr. Google's (sighs) advice and go book and see your G. What
0: else has been happening this week with JB and Jules on Bundy's
1: Triple M. Jules, we know that Bundy is always batting way above its weight. So oh, yeah. We're a relatively small city, right? And we tend to, we have national icons, of course, Bundy Rum, things like Kalki Moon. It's incredible. But also our athletes. We have players in the NRL. We are constantly, constantly doing amazing things. We had an Olympian earlier in the year. Now, the Commonwealth Games is approaching and we are being represented in a number of different ways. But would like to introduce you to yet another one, Taryn Golszewski, and she joins us here this morning. Good morning, Taryn. How are you doing?
2: Good morning. I'm good, thank you. Wow, what an intro. That's all we know. do. That's well, what that's what we it. Do. Taryn, you are the spectacular human who um, is doing the amazing things, and we want to talk to you. Now, tell us how excited are you to qualify for Birmingham? Oh, I'm over the moon, to be honest. Um, It's my third
3: Commonwealth Games, but, of course, the novelty of representing your country never wears off. So for each individual game, they're always special for a different reason. So, yeah, really, really excited.
1: Now, I've heard this one is particularly special for you because you've had to face a little bit of adversity uh, injury-wise.
3: Yeah, so um, I was actually on track to make the Tokyo Olympics last year and two and a half months prior to Tokyo I was playing soccer and um, was slide tackled by a goalkeeper and she broke my tibia and fibula. So I've been on the uh, road to recovery since May of last year.
2: Wow. My God. How do you find the strength to work through that?
3: Um, To be honest, I didn't really have a choice, but to be strong. Um, I was just facing every day of trying to get better, trying to get my leg better. And even if it was only improving 1% every day, it was better than the day prior. And so I just tried to focus on the positives and tried to focus on getting better. Um, and I knew I still had dreams to accomplish in my sport. And so, yeah, I was just on the road to recovery and was determined to get back.
1: Yeah, well, you've done it. There must have been some really hard times like doing discus and having such a bad break in your lower leg. How Did you find any ways to be able to, to train while you were sort of on crutches and stuff? <laughs>
3: Yeah, so I was really fortunate um, in that because I was on track to make the Tokyo Olympics, I received the Queensland Academy of Sports Scholarship. And so the strength and conditioning coaches down there came up with a gym program that was basically all seated. Um, So I was doing upper body stuff. Um, I was doing work on my right leg because there are studies that show neurologically speaking, if you're working your good leg, it helps improve your bad leg. Really? Um, so, I was doing all kinds of things like that. And then, yeah, um, once I could stand on my feet, it was just about doing some standing throws. But because of the rotational forces and the torque that goes through my leg, and it's my left leg off the back of the circle that I rotate on, and that's the leg that I broke. So, I actually was not allowed to go back to throwing, as in doing a rotation, um, until the eight and a half month mark. So, that was in February of this year. So, I've only been throwing. Since February, so to make the Commonwealth Games with such little training is quite remarkable, really. Yeah, it's it's insane. Can you
1: tell us about that moment that you found out that you are going to Birmingham? After all of that, you would have had some really hard days and you, you would have probably um, doubted that you were going to get picked. So after all that work, only having a little bit of training to, to get the call up, how did it feel?
3: Oh, I actually got an email and it came through on my watch. And the thing with Athletics Australia is commonly if you're selected, you get a phone call. And if you're rejected for selection, you get an email. Oh, no. So initially when I got this email, my heart sunk and I went, oh, no, here we go. And then because it was on my watch, I thought, I'll just read the first little bit. And the the first word in the email was congratulations. (laughs) And I was teaching at the time. I had a grade four class in front of me and we were doing ball games. And I pulled my phone out. And I just went, oh, I've just got to read this email, guys. I'm so sorry. Just give me a second. And I read the email and I just went, oh, my gosh. And my class in front of me went, what is it, Miss G? And I said, Miss G's just been picked for the Commonwealth Games. And they all started yelling and cheering. So I had 25 little people, yeah, in front of me cheering for me, which was really cool. Oh,
2: you're so special, Taryn. All the best. Your third Commonwealth Games. We're so excited to see you represent, Bundy. Uh, How can we follow along with your adventures?
3: Um, So I'll post on my athlete page. So I have an athlete page, Taryn Dolchewski, on Facebook, and I will post my competition time on there. Um, The seven, I think Channel 7 is broadcasting it, but quite typically they don't show women's discus. So I think the best way will be on the 7 Plus app where they should have each individual event being broadcast. Um, But I'll definitely notify everybody as to when it gets closer to the time when I find out how you can watch it. I'll let everyone know.
1: (laughs) Well, Taryn, um, super. You should be so proud of yourself. What an amazing story. And we'll have to catch up with you before you head off to Birmingham.
3: Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on.
1: Wonderful stuff. Keep an eye out for the name. Taryn Golshuski in the women's discus for the Commonwealth Games representing Bundy and Australia.
0: That was wild. Let's
1: Let's find out what else JB and Jules have been up to. Jules, I officially become a snob. <laughs>
2: Oh, fancy, fancy man! What have you
1: done to make you so snobby? So I'm pretty proud to say that I am a North Queenslander. I'm a little bit of a bogan. I like going yeah. camping. I don't I like associate playing that footy. I like drinking beer at the pub and yes. being a bit of a blokey bloke.
2: I don't see you as upper class, little champagne and caviar. Well,
1: it's all changed now. I'm a oh. fancy schmancy. All of the the people I went to school with would just be disgusted in wow. me. Wow! People from my hometown. You've go, changed. Look at this. Look at this. This and that. So it's all started off the back of getting an electric toothbrush.
2: What's wrong with them? They're great. They
1: are outstanding. I <laughs> rec- highly recommend it. My teeth have never felt cleaner. The dentists love them. The wife and I got electric toothbrushes, and then suddenly we're just committed to the cause—the electric toothbrush. And I realised I'd officially changed, and I'm a fancy schmancy guy now. Mm-hmm. When went away on the weekend, yes, and I was brushing my teeth, great, and I found myself sitting there brushing one section of my teeth. For about four minutes.
2: One section of your teeth, like one tooth. Because one part I was of your mouth?
1: waiting for the toothbrush to vibrate to let me know it was time to move to the next. Hang on, the next section. hang
2: on. Your <laughs> toothbrush is so fancy; it tells you when to so, move to the next tooth.
1: So what it does is it's its going at it, and then it'll do yeah. it like a little and it'll let me know. So I'll do the inside bottoms. Oh yes. And then it'll go and then I know to do the outside bottoms. And then it'll go. and then I'll do the only inside vibrates
2: top. <laughs> after like two minutes or something. When it's like you should be done by Mate. now.
1: Well, it's, it's Yours
2: is just the creme de la creme. Life
1: is pretty fine up the top here. It's pretty nice. <laughs> Did get the toothbrush on special, but, yeah, I found myself sitting there. I was brushing my teeth. I found myself annoyed going, geez, this has taken a while because I was manually brushing my teeth on the <laughs> weekend because I have my, t- my normal travelling toothbrush, and I was annoyed going, how am I supposed to brush my teeth with this one lonely, stupid little mechanicalist thing?
2: They're different, but they're ours. Yeah! JB and Jules on Triple M Bundy. This is a safe space, isn't it, JB? Of
1: course, just you and I. Good. Secrets can be revealed at any time. Excellent, because
2: I need to vent. A housemate of mine is doing my absolute head in, letting one rip.
1: You have smelly dog farts. Woody okay. So you've got one you've only got one housemate. So. I've got a housemate and I've got a three legged friend by the name of Hopkins. Oh Hopkins is a dog, so your housemate <sighs> Has it? It's not actually another housemate. Well, I suppose it is. He's it's part your, of
2: the household. Your
1: housemate's dog, it has three legs and he's an inside dog. He spends a lot of time in and around the house. He you, does so indeed. you become quite fond of the three-legged dog of your uh, housemate. So much so that you claim him as your own at times.
2: Sometimes, yes, I do. Walk him, uh, feed him when Hop need him. be. Yes, he hops around. But honestly, he's doing my head in and I need to bring this to the show because I've just, I've cracked it. I've had enough. His behavior is unacceptable to the point where he is the silent assassin of the dog farts. And no. I just I just don't, I don't know what has happened here. It happens when you least expect it. You're sitting on the couch, you're lounging around at the end of a big day and all of a sudden without any warning because he can't talk, he can't tell you, he lets one rip. And I've tried everything. I've tried putting a peg on my nose. I've tried moving to another room. I've tried using the diffuser and it just Doesn't get any better.
1: Look, um dogs stay outside. See, easy one. But I actually have, the, there's actually a giveaway for this. So what do you mean? My dog constantly pants and when he farts, I'll see him, he'll be panting. You then know what's happening. He'll suddenly stop panting yep. for about a second mm-hmm. and then the smell will come. But it's, this is insane that you've actually brought this up because what just, just yesterday I had, do you know those pop-up ads Yes, on Facebook yeah, I was yeah, Through posts. Facebook, and a pop-up ad came through Yeah, and I found it hilarious because it says in bolds, are you talking? Of your dog's farting,
2: is so, it reading my mind? I, I don't know. What but does it
1: say? I didn't know you're going to. I talk need a about solution
2: because honestly, I need to do something about this. Yeah, let me. Find Otherwise, it. I'm going to move out.
1: I took a screenshot of this ad, so let me find it. Oh my it. goodness, we are in sync. What so, did it say? It's for uh, Hills Pet Nutrition. What? So Hills Pet Nutrition mm-hmm. is the name of the website, and um, on it, on the blurb, I opened it, it said. If you think your dog farts a lot and are wondering how to reduce it to a more appropriate amount, you're in luck. We will figure out a specific dietary plan to suit your pet. For example, if you give your pet a slice of cheese as a treat... Your veterinarian could find that it causes sensitivity to your pet's digestion. We are here to help you and your pet.
2: Well, to be fair, he has been
1: having a lot of dairy lately. Has he? Yes. Stop feeding him cheese. It's too expensive. The cost of living. (laughs) Dogs eat dry food now. What else
0: has been happening this week with JB and Jules on Bundy's Triple M?
1: Across the weekend, I mentioned I spent it down in Brisbane, part of the Triple A yes. Call team. Really, Very fun. Really excited to be a part of it. But um, Jess came down with me and um, we decided that after the Cowboys dusted the Broncos, Broncos <laughs> fans, um, that we would go and get ourselves a feast at Eat Street North Shore. Oh. Have you seen this place?
2: No, I haven't, but I've heard heaps of food trucks, yeah, street bands.
1: It's basically containers stacked on top of each other that nice. form like a maze of food-eating heaven. So oh. there's like an... Asian section. There's a seafood section. There's probably like eight different vendors just in the seafood section. Wowzers. There's your beef section. It is huge. I was overwhelmed. I went, what What am I going to eat here? There's... Did
2: you deliberately fast during the Cowboys Broncos game so you'd have enough room?
1: I didn't eat in from about 11 o'clock through till when the Cowboys game finished, mm. which I didn't end up eating till 8.30. So, Wise man. You're so prepared. I was well and truly ready. <laughs> uh, so we went in there and of course there's... De- things you'd never eaten before. There's mm-hmm. amazing choices. There's mm. the whole world in front of you in terms of food. So, guess what, Justin decides to eat for dinner? What? Fried chicken. <laughs>
0: and a little bit of chicken
2: fried. But, but <laughs> you, you fried have that chi- choice here I in London. i get it at
1: Meats all the time. But <laughs> I. I panicked, there was too many options, and so I went, there's a fried chicken. It wasn't Cassie, it was its own fried chicken place. But,
2: but, mate, be adventurous. It's your opportunity to try something new.
1: But why? I was, I was too overwhelmed, oh, I was too scared. i was so
2: disappointed in you. Are you
1: ready for the kicker? What? Not only that, what? I wandered around for a little bit. Yep. The other thing I found, beef jerky. <laughs>
2: mate, you've got that here.
1: And there's live music there, so then I end up sitting down in a section where there's country music playing, and yes. I'm just singing to myself. This is a Friday afternoon for me. (laughs) Eating fried chicken and beef jerky while listening to country music. Beautiful. I then went, hmm, what else can I do here? Grabbed a beer. And I was like, what is the point in me venturing out? (laughs) I could have done done this from 100 metres from down the road. That was wild.
2: Let's find out what else JB and Jules have been up to. We are having a great cackle uh, at the start of your morning because this poor woman on a show overseas, she went on a singing show and she had absolutely no idea of the lyrics.
1: So you stop at this point probably, but she doesn't. <laughs> I think she's just fantastic. She
2: committed to total eclipse of the heart with zero knowledge of the lyrics.
1: She did. And it got us thinking about the song lyrics that we always stuff up, and it's launched our game, What Song Lyrics Do You Always Get Wrong? Oh, yes. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. To we the show. have
2: asked for your calls on one triple three five three. If you have misheard song lyrics, we'd love to know what you
1: got wrong. Jules and I have kicked things off. Jules, buggered it up. Macy Gray's "I Try," thinking that she wore goggles when he was not there. When the actual lyric was, "Her world crumbles when you are not here." Mm-hmm. Mine is "Alex the Seal." Alex, yep, um, <laughs> our lips are sealed was the song lyric. We've had a message come through from Jeff. Jeff has said, "Cheap wine." He said it took him two years to figure out it's not cheap wine and a three-headed goat. Oh, Cheap
2: wine and
1: a three-headed goat. I
2: can hear that. It happens.
1: I know, but that's a even bigger, a three-day growth. Like That's a mean he's (laughs) had a real big one if he's ended up with a three-headed goat. (laughs) My
2: goodness me. Uh, We want to hear from you on 13353. Dave has called in. Morning.
4: Morning, guys. How are we? Good, thank you,
1: Dave. Just before we jumped on air, you are telling us about a bit of a pub crawl situation you got involved in.
4: Oh, my God, I'm glad we didn't do much singing. Oh, we, we did a lot of singing, but uh, not one word was correct. Not yeah. one.
1: <laughs> Where did you go?
4: Uh, we started off the apple tree, uh, then we went to Wallerville, then we went to, uh, somehow we got to Bucca. Um, Can't remember the rest? That's where the memory <laughs> starts no, that, that, was about, that was about me, but, so, you know, we got great, if people get to do that, that bus trip, do it, because you know, you're supporting these people that have been struggling for a while, but... I tell you what, they're just the friendliest people and the, the pubs are just great country pubs. and Nothing better you just than have a good ball, country You have pub. an absolute ball. And that the feed. A...
1: They always put pasta salad in their salads as Yum. well, country pubs. All right, mate, we're talking misheard song lyrics. Have you got one? Oh,
4: I was chosen in sixth class to, to sing the national anthem <laughs> and do you think I got one word right? <laughs> what, oh, no! <laughs> what, did you, <laughs> what did you do? Well, I, got, I think the only word I got right was Australian... And then I wasn't sure what the rest of the words were. So, what was it? so Did you please reenact it. Oh, I didn't have a clue what it was, and the teacher offered me, uh, here, "Here's the, the song sheet. Just have the words in front of you, because there were four different schools there, guys." And so, it was quite... how
1: how old were you when this story happened? 6th uh, class. So, I would you're have, I six, so you're grade six. So you're eleven or whatever. And there was four yep. different schools who had come around. So fair crowd.
2: So you thought instead of uh, using would... the lyrics in front of me, I'm just going to go out there with nothing.
4: But the reason I was chat was because I was the, the cricket captain. And so I, I often sang the national anthem just joking and uh, at training. And and, in, and if we had a, uh, a decent game, I, I'd sing the national anthem just mucking around. And I got every word right. But in front of the, the, the assembly, I was buggered. That was the end of it.
1: So what did you do? Just na-na-na it? Or what did you do? Well, a a mate of mine, it was
4: funny, he was a vice captain. He was in the background behind me whistling the tune.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Trying to help, trying to help as only a friend can. Well, Dave, there you go. If you're going to stuff up a song, probably one of the worst ones to do it to.
0: They're different, but they're
2: ours. JB and Jules on Triple M Bundy. Now, JB, visiting the GP sometimes it's not fun. It's essential though that you do routine tests, right?
1: Yes, yes, I. Yeah, what do you mean routine tests? Well,
2: for a lot of women, um, they have to get what is called a Pap smear. That's now become the HPV test. Essentially, the test on your cervix. That's uncomfortable. It's a little bit awkward, but it's essential to ensure you're all healthy and all good down there.
1: Can I say, as a bloke, um, how, like <laughs> can't relate? I respect how much you have to go through, like so much invasive type stuff. Um, totally.
2: And uh, I can feel for pregnant women too. I'm, I have not experienced myself, but being poked and prodded down there, it's part of like you're, you're growing a human in your body, right? There's things you have to go through, unfortunately, through the health service. Yeah,
1: and through the health service, I dare say women have to face a lot more of invasive type tests than men do. So it's hard for me to understand, but anyway, yeah. to make it more comfortable, I suppose is a good thing, right?
2: Absolutely. And as of Friday, the National Cervical Screening Program got a major update. Uh, One of the most preventable cancers, cervical cancer, has completely changed. They're now doing self-tests for cervical cancer.
1: Okay, so previously you would have to go see your GP and they would conduct the test. Mm -hmm. So a self-test, is this something you can do at home? How does it sort of work? Not
2: quite. You still have to go see the GP, but instead of you having to sit there awkwardly shuffling on the bed, they have to put something oh, yeah. up you yeah. Oh. you yeah they essentially give you a test which kind of looks like the nasal swabs that people have been doing uh, for testing for covid yeah they give you some instructions they usher you off to a private room where you can do it yourself. Under their guidance that they've given you some instructions, yeah. you come back, you give it back to the doctor, and they do the test there. So
1: a little bit le- less invasive, I'd say. It exactly. Makes you feel a lot more comfortable, I guess, going and booking it.
2: Totally right. Mm. And I was worried. I was thinking, oh, self-test, they're going to give it to you at home. Then you're going to forget to post it. You don't know if the sample's done right. At least it's on the guidance of a doctor. And it turns out this is going to potentially eradicate all of cervical cancer in a couple of years' time here in Australia. Australia's so. on track to getting rid of it completely.
1: That would be amazing. My sister had a recent cervical cancer scare and oh, um, it's been, it's, it has been—it was a huge concern and it's lucky that she did go and get the test while she could. So any way to make it more comfortable seems like a, an absolute absolute plus. Is it in effect as of now?
2: It absolutely is. Anyone who's aged between 25 to 74 with a cervix is eligible. You will be notified by your GP when you are eligible for the test.
0: They're different, but they're ours. <laughs> JB and Jules on Triple M Bundy.
1: It's secret sound time. Well, on the show, we promised an exclusive clue just for our podcast listeners, and here it is. Okay, Bundy, I travel in groups. I travel in groups. So what are the clues so far?
2: Stay a while. There's more than one side to me. And now I travel in groups.
1: Yep, the secret sound. Back weekdays just after 8 a.m. on Triple M. Back to the podcast. What
0: else has been happening this week with JB and Jules on Bundy's Triple M?
1: It's been a little while. It's gone kind of quiet. The chatter around Paradise Dam.
2: It has been a few months. I remember they were talking about like an early Christmas present, talking to us about it, Tom Smith's updates.
1: Yeah, well, what had happened is last year. Those obviously calls because the maximum that it can hold at the moment is 170,000 milliliters, megaliters, sorry, yep. M- megaliters. <laughs> and um, what had happened is that was costing the farmers a lot. They weren't getting enough water. Yep. And they lowered the level because apparently the old dam was unsafe. Now, yes. there was obviously a lot of arguments about it, why it was lowered in the first place, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera, but I think we've moved past that point now because the government has said, yes, we do have to build it back up. That's right. Hallelujah. And um, The state government said we're going to pledge um, $600 million, uh, but they also wanted the other $600 million to complete the project to be offered from the federal government.
2: Ah, uh, so they match it. Yep, the federal mm-hmm.
1: government agreed to that. They Great. said well match it. So $1.2 billion Ooh. is in the pool to rebuild Paradise Dam. Well, this
2: is great news, right?
1: Yeah, it is great news. That's all positive stuff. Mm. And then, But then it sort of went a bit quiet and we're going, alright, what's happening? Let's so go. they've
2: pledged money and they're like, okay, well, what's the game plan, guys? Like, what's the date where we start doing things?
1: Let's go. So that's the next thing. But there is a slight update. So a local business has actually won the project for Paradise Dam's road infrastructure. So Harrison Infrastructure Group, they're going to start investigating and building the road networks for the works to actually go ahead at Paradise Dam. So, so they
2: can actually get in and make changes, right?
1: Yeah, it's obviously such a huge job that they need proper roads to Jeez. bring in the trucks and all that sort of stuff. The to resources. bring, bring in yep. all the equipment. So I guess this is the first step towards it happening and uh, what's happened is $30.1 million is going towards the project over the next 12 months so that'll be the main part. Roads are expensive. And throughout 2023 what's being called as enabling works will start Mm -hmm. and then the major works on the dam not actually starting until 2024. But at least I guess this is a start and the project will create 250 jobs. However, there, there are some people saying, well, let's hurry it along because the farming industry creates about 8,000 jobs. So your yes. 250 jobs, that's not that much when we're talking about 8,000 jobs. And yes, if we and don't we get, are the
2: food bowl of Australia.
1: And if we don't get this water up and running, yep. then, then it's not going to – then it's not going to save anything. So um, I guess the farmers are also worried that with the change in government, so of course we've got the Albanese government in effect now, um, they haven't They haven't provided a written confirmation. So the Labor government before said, mm. yes, we agree to the $600 million, but since Albanese's been in, they haven't got that written now. Oh, man, do we should, need to call
2: him up and they, get a signature? They should.
1: I do have his number. I might oh. have to text Anthony Albanese. Yes. But, um, but yes, lo and behold, this is the first step in many, many steps towards this day getting back to the capacity it should have always been at. But, um, hey, it's a start anyway.
0: That's it for now. Catch JB and Jules weekday mornings from 6 to 9am on Triple M Bundy or subscribe here to get all the best bits.